Hey there, welcome back to the Blissful Bliss Podcast. I'm your host, Susanna Riker, and in this episode, I'm sitting down with Amy McDonald. And if you haven't met her yet, you are in for a treat, my friend. Amy is a business coach for yoga teachers and supports yoga teachers grow abundant businesses with one-on-one -on -one coaching, online training programs, workshops, and retreats. We are having a really fun conversation around evolving with your business, how to build an abundant yoga business, what you should offer, and so much more. Amy shares so much wisdom and strategies in this episode. I so hope you'll enjoy it. Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Bliss Podcast. I'm your host, Susanna Riker, here to help yoga and wellness entrepreneurs build a thriving online business. If you're ready to make a bigger impact and earn money online, you are in the right place. Each week you learn about websites, digital products, social media strategies, and what's working now to build your online business. And now let's get started. Hi there, Amy. Welcome to the Blissful Bliss Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time. I highly appreciate it. Of course. Um, so let's have a conversation around yoga and business and moving online. And how's the last year been for you? Down, down there, down, down under. Yeah, you have to say down under instead of down there because down there people might also use a reference to lady parts and where I live. How are you down there? Well, that's, a, well, that's, that's like a personal lost question. In translation, <laughs> if there's ever been a case, I'm lost in translation. That I mean, I'm prepared to share, but I don't, I don't think anyone really wants to know. <laughs> when I was starting teaching yoga and yoga teacher training and um, when – I guided people through sun salutations and instead of um, like lower your chest to the floor, I was saying lower your breasts to the floor. I remember uh, <laughs> a friend of mine was, was at a, staying at a retreat center and that teacher used to always in the yoga nidra say, relax your vagina. And she's <laughs> <laughs> never once relaxing. And I can only imagine that that would be the case. Anyway, we're off, look at us. We're off to a great start. Okay, so how has my business been down under uh, in the past year-ish? You know, it's, it's interesting because um, I, I the obvious question is largely unchanged because most of my work as a business coach is online. I see my clients for the most part online. Uh, my training programs have been online. I had to cancel a bunch of in-person stuff, my annual retreat. I had some seminars. I was going to keynote at a conference I was really excited about. So, you know, that all had to get refunded, cancelled, whatever, same as everybody else. Um, and, and that's the answer that I give to most people. And yet, I think the part that gets left behind in that sort of superficial response is that, in fact, everything changed in my business. And I think that's true for most of us that sure, we, you could just say, oh, well, I, my students just went on to Zoom and now we're back to in-person. But I think that undervalues how much we've all had to really significantly change um, in how we approach work, the types of work we're interested in doing. So, I think 
But on the surface, nothing really except cancelling some events. But on a deeper level, uh, all sorts of things have changed. And my uh, who I want to work with has changed, how I want to work has changed, what's important to me, where I work, obviously. Um, So I think it's been a time for... I Actually, I'm curious to know what you think. I know for me, being a person who lives alone, um, I think I threw myself into work at the start of all of the lockdown stuff as a way to just uh, stave off that anxiety and the loneliness. Like I just worked a hell of a lot because there was nothing else to do. I couldn't go anywhere. No one could come and visit me. There's only so much drag race you can watch with your sister trying to press the play button at the same time. Um, But then... Once I got through that part, it very much turned into more of a reflective time in my business, thinking about, well, this is great, but what, what, what am I really here for? What's the bigger picture? And so I guess that, that's been a more, um, you, you know, more of the undercurrent of what's been going on. And I'm, I'm wondering about, yeah. about you if it's similar or different. Well, I think... It's always a journey, like mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, we're always um, transforming and changing, but the situation like the pandemic um, definitely, um, I want to say enhanced, that's not really the, the word I'm looking for, but you know, like, um, yeah, so it, got, it was definitely more of that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. for me, it was definitely um like summer last 2020 and spring and summer 2020, I was really busy as well. Mm-hmm. There was also mm-hmm. so much more interest. And so yes. it was great. Suddenly you had this momentum. I was yes. feeling, I was really excited about that. Uh, it was also great timing because obviously there were no jobs um, freelancing available, which would have always been my backup plan. Um, Interesting. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, so, um, so I really dived in and um and then for me it was um I think I slowed down a little bit. I got a puppy one hey. year ago. <laughs> one year ago. And yeah, so that really took my mind off things and helped me a lot through the last winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I got a camper van, so that took my mind oh. off work too. <laughs> so uh, we need to have a whole other. Se- well, <laughs> might want to join in on that convo, but I am in the market for the camper van, so I want to know more. I want. Have you got van pictures on your Instagram? I need. Yeah, to be there's a story yeah, highlight van. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look at that immediately after we finish talking. So, um, yeah, but otherwise, yeah. So I think um, when you're in this online business world, in any business, you're always transforming. And um, I think you should be. You should be open to yes. grow and to yes. develop and to to move and, you know, like, and to, to do what brings you joy and not get stuck doing something that maybe feels like stagnant energy. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. what I've learned is like how energy is so important. Mm-hmm. And what we do, and um, I'm not a woo-woo person, and I was like uh, the first to tell you in the beginning, I don't have any mindset issues. That's all. <laughs> That's all. And come on, I just do want to do what I do, <laughs> and you know, and of course, that was I was so wrong about that, and um, yes. Yeah, so I think this being an entrepreneur is like this big road of self-discovery and the more open you are to that and to also go with the flow and be open to um, how something feels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's wow. going to affect your success a lot. Yeah. 
That's what I've I'm learned. I'm liking this from you. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm wondering if you've seen, in, in hearing you share, something that comes up for me is thinking about the people that I'm working with and, and, and me included, the, where people have done well. It seems like there was the, the sort of the surge and the early adopters did well, but then there was this disheartening thing of, there's Zoom fatigue, no one's coming anymore or no one wants to come back in person or no one this, that, this. And the people who kind of transcended that um, that that downturn, it feels to me like what they have in common is they really lent into their strengths or what made them unique and different. There was sort of this big flood in the market of you could take yoga online with anyone in the world at any time of day. There was always millions of streams ready to go but and the people who got lost were the ones who might not necessarily have been as 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 clearly and uniquely themselves to sort of stand out in in the busyness of it all and and the people who have come through it really well and still have great retention seem to be at least in my community the people who have just continued to um absolutely stay themselves if any and even perhaps more so, like reveal more about who they truly are, not be so worried about not being all things to all people. Is that, have you noticed any trends along those lines? Um, definitely. I think having a brand and, and a niche is so important, especially mm. online. Like yes, when you are yeah. teaching locally, you're already, that's already a niche because it's your location is your niche. Yes. Um, but when you are um, next to like the million other yoga teachers out there online it really helps to have a niche it helps you get found on google it helps you establish yourself as an expert it helps you to actually create content and offers yeah. um you know it's going to make everybody's life easier and and yeah. i think as students we are looking for experts always right yeah. so I think as well, um, when you want to learn like advanced arm balances or something, you're not going to go to a yoga for beginners class. Yep. Um, yep. So, um, but what I also see and um, what I got to realize is that I think it's really hard making a full-time income just teaching classes on Zoom, if not to say impossible, unless you have a really big audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, um, when you're a yoga teacher and you're, you should be proud of yourself when you set up your online studio and your online classes. That's amazing. But by itself, just putting it on your website, <laughs> ooh, you know, um, I don't think that big things are going to happen just from that. <laughs> I love so. that. I love it. I was talking to one of my clients ye- yesterday. Um, I won't name her, but she'll she'll know who she is if she listens back. And um, and she's saying to me, "Oh, there's just no one coming to my Zoom classes anymore," and and um, and I'm feeling really disheartened about it. And I said, "So, how are you promoting it?" And she said, "Oh, I've put it in my newsletter and I posted on my social media." I said, "Yeah, but how are you how are you promoting it?" And she said, "What do you mean? I'm putting it in my newsletter. I'm putting it on my social media." No, <laughs> that's not enough. Mm. That, yeah, you have to, you, you can't just hope to be found, yeah. that you need to be more proactive. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And I think also everybody's just got so tired um, mm. of, um, I, I, I know for myself, I didn't want to do any Zoom classes anymore. Mm. So it's like yeah. this global um, issue. <laughs> 
problem. And even especially with wellness, we all know how good it is for us and how much better we would feel. But everybody was just like, there was this tired energy. Those people didn't want to get off the couch anymore. <laughs> so, and I'm sure that's not just me because I heard it from a lot of other people as well. I did my research here, guys. <laughs> and every yoga teacher said the same, that people that like uh, attendance in Zoom classes went down. And yeah. at the same time, attendance in live classes didn't go up as much. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's something. Yeah. Of course you can promote, but it's also a general issue right now. So I think what's worth um, trying to do here is offering people some help to get their ass off the couch. How can you motivate them? <laughs> How can you motivate them? What can you do? Can you do like a special event? So I'm a big fan of like offering like a live workshop, like really, you know, like offering something new, something fresh, something motivating. That's more like an experience mm -hmm. for people. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, it's not when you start that, not thinking about you and, oh, nobody's coming up to my Zoom classes, but thinking about your students and you are here to serve. How can you help them? Because they're going mm -hmm. to feel better when they come mm -hmm. to your workshop or to your classes. So what can you do to really motivate them to sign up again? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it, rather than the couch to 5K, it's like couch to five. Soraya Namaskar A or something instead. <laughs> Come that's on. A, yeah, that's a great <laughs> challenge right there. <laughs> just five, just five. Um, I, I, but I also think, I think it's true if you have a business model that relies on fairly casual attendance or if you don't have a really close rapport with your studentship. Because the other trend that I've seen is, uh, some of my clients, people that I'm sort of connected with, have identified that over this period, turns out they love teaching online and they want to close their studios and they never, maybe the random special event or retreat, but they don't want to go back to in-person and their students are sticking with them because they've got great rapport, that, that, that um, cooler connection is really strong. And if you want to keep practicing with that teacher, that's your only option. So, I think for anybody who's feeling like, oh, no, I, I, this, this downturn in my Zoom classes means the end. It doesn't have to. There is absolutely a model where you can stay wholly online. It just requires some tweaking and some, a different sort of approach so that, that you're really focused on that stick rate, if you like, or the rapport between the teacher and the student so that if they love you, if they love your classes that much, I will practice with my teacher online, even though I don't like being online because I can't fly anywhere to be with him. It's my only option. And I do think that's available to people, but, but it's about working that relationship and being excellent in your version of it to, to your students is required in order yeah. to maintain that rapport. Yeah. What do you think about adding other offers besides just like low-priced um, Zoom classes? Is this something that you recommend or? Well, you mean, well, I, I, I agree with you that unless unless you've got 40 people in a Zoom class, like if you've got 10 or fewer people in a Zoom class, it's almost like it's almost like the equivalent of trying to make a, air quotes, full-time income subcontracting for yoga studios. You've got to work so hard to make $50 here, $100 there, whatever, euro, pounds, whatever, but it's, it is so much. And so, I think 
whether it's teaching for a studio or teaching on Zoom for to small numbers, the, the model will only get you so far. There has to be some kind of extra offer, higher price point offer so that you're just not working that hard. And, and I've often talked about looking to have sort of at least three tiers in your business. There's something that's the entry point, which might be a drop-in or it might be a 10-class pass. There's something that's the higher level, maybe a three-pack of one-to-ones. And then there's something at the highest level, which might be a weekend away, a retreat, whatever, or various other iterations of that. But there needs to be things further up those tiers so that you're not constantly scrapping around at the bottom level. It's just you have to work too much. Yeah, I did a, um, a survey once in my Facebook group, and I think the majority said they earn less than $500 with Zoom classes a month. Oh. <laughs> It's not a yeah. living wage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's so, I mean, so funny though. I, I taught um I taught on a teacher training over the weekend. Um the, you know, these the, they're just finishing up a 350 hour yoga teacher training, and I came in to do the business part. I got three, I got three hours. And so one of the things we did was run through, I asked them, well, how much do you need to make to live well in Melbourne? You know, and that was about a hundred grand to you know, gross to live well enough these days in Melbourne if you want to rent and eat well and whatever. Um, and so then we broke it down in terms of well, what would you need to sell in your yoga business in order to uh, generate that amount of money? And actually, when you break the model down like that and you look at some different tiered offers, it's not that complicated. It only gets very difficult if you're simply, like you said, offering it at that one note. If you're trying to just make Hundred grand or whatever that is, sixty thousand euro, whatever. Just from that, fifteen pay as you go. I mean, that's a lot of people coming to your Zoom. Mm, yeah, and it can yeah. still work when you have like a really big audience, but most people. Yeah, don't. if you're famous, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not. I can do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and if. What do you think about yoga teachers um, when you talk about promotions? What do you, yeah. when they come to you, but I post on Instagram every single day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when I say, when I use the word promotion, what I mean is intentionally creating something that is going to, where you set about making sure that it's going to be seen by more people. Um that it's going to draw attention. And for the most part, these days, that involves investing some money and not just doing the things that you would always do. So, the things that have to happen all the time in your business, your website has to be fabulous and up to date. You need to be sending out regular emails and you need to be populating your social media, whichever platforms you choose, consistently with empowering, useful, inspiring content. That None of that falls into the category of promotion. That's all just as we say over this side. <laughs> it's the brushing your teeth of your yoga business. You just don't even think about it. You just do it. No big deal. It just happens. Everything after that is what I would call promotion. So, it might be um, advertising on the Facebook platform, messenger, Instagram, Facebook, using that stuff, paying for it. Just posting on it, not enough, paying for it. It might be putting some money behind your events, promoting things on the event management systems, depending on what you're using, Facebook, you know, Eventbrite, whatever. Uh, it might be using the, I'm a big fan of the Google Display Network, getting your stuff on the billboards across the, the, the um, Google sort of advertising 
spaces that it owns on the internet, looking for things. So that's sort of the paid stuff. Then looking at things like joint venture exchanges, getting interviewed on other people's IGTV, on their podcasts, on their YouTube channels, whatever else they're doing on their LinkedIn. So looking to reaching out to people, having access to their platforms and later down the road, you doing the same for them or something similar. These are the things that I would call promotion. Running an ad in the local paper, making posters, they still work. You know, flyering, they still work. Um, all of that sort of stuff, uh, get, being interviewed on your local radio show, this is all the stuff that I would call promotions. And when you're looking to start something new or revive something existing, doing the teeth brushing stuff is not enough. If you're feeling deflated or like the efforts that you're putting in aren't bearing fruit, it's probably because you're not doing enough. And I guess the important thing to remember is that doesn't mean it's all about overwhelm and freak out and working so hard. That's like you were saying before, That most of that is actually mindset stuff because these promotional pieces, it's not rocket science. It's You do a couple of these things a day until your thing starts. There you have it. It works. And they've been around for so long. I don't yeah. really know. When did it happen that social media became so <laughs> taking, took over our lives? Um, yeah, because I mean, they make you think that you just have to post there consistently and then everything is going to, you're going, people are going to find you, which obviously, I mean, it's fair enough that it doesn't work like that. It's a free platform you're using. Yes. And, so, <laughs> and, uh, and their business model obviously is for you to create as much content as you can. So they reward that. So they have more space to put their ads. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And and yeah. I guess from a from a saver perspective, it's I think it's a great blessing that we get to use these platforms and hopefully disseminate some information that someone, even if it's just one person a day, finds useful, great. But it's it's not it's like Amy trying to find her soulmate, just having a shower every day and putting on nice clothes. That's not enough. That's just what people expect. If I actually want to meet my soulmate, I need to go out and meet people. The same is true for promoting your yoga stuff. Just making everything look good and, and getting the bare bones done, not enough. You need to be getting in front of introducing yourself to new people and, and inviting them into whatever it is that you're offering. Yeah. What I also think can work but more long-term is creating yeah. free content. Um, like on a blog. So I get yeah. like still so many visitors every single day from blog posts that I wrote yeah. 2017 or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, but it's not a short-term strategy. It's not what I would recommend when you say, okay, I have this yoga retreat coming up in three months. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. so don't start blogging. <laughs> I mean, you can start blogging, but don't rely on that to start fill, fill it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for podcasting, I'm a, I'm a massive fan. It's a great way to meet people and help people, and it's a slow burn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I still, re yeah, I still find that Google actually prefers blog posts. Like yeah, older blog posts, and even if it, when I have a really long post based on a podcast, I think Google treats it differently. Interesting. Yeah, that's m what I found. I also think for my clients who've got really successful YouTube channels, it's mm. the same sort of thing. Like. The, you know, I was looking at the analytics of one of my clients earlier that today, and she's getting the number of like 500 views a month on a video that she made again three years ago. Still 500 people looking at it every month. This is great yeah. stuff. But maybe the through line 
is again, it's about like don't do anything if you can't be consistent with it. If you're going to throw up a YouTube and then hope it makes all the difference, it won't. Or if you're going to write a blog and 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 call it done, or or drop a podcast every now and then when you feel like it, these are the it those long. I know for me, and I've seen it in my clients, the stuff that's more long term or slow burn requires absolute consistency, like laser consistency to be successful. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, I believe when you created your content library and you have like tons of content out there, then you can, mm-hmm. pro- then it won't hurt your business when you step back for and sure. don't be as consistent. But especially when you're starting out, yes, I think you have to be consistent at least 80% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And don't kill you. I'm, I'm never for, you know, like when you're sick or something and you don't oh, create, God. you say, come on. Yeah. Nobody cares about that. That's <laughs> fine. But, um, don't kill yourself for your business. But, um, because Amy said you have to be consistent. <laughs> you have to be consistent. But guess what? Amy has, Amy, Amy chunks stuff down. Amy schedules the hell out of things. I'm the person who works three days a week, three weeks a month. That's it. Like, that's why we became I'm, self-employed right? entrepreneurs, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. That's why I need to learn about your countervan. But that doesn't mean I'm. <laughs> I'm personally, I'm not consistent. But from a from the consumer end, it comes. Yeah. This comes out on that day. This comes out on that day. You can expect a post every day. It's all coming out consistent. Doesn't mean I have to be consistent. We can still lean into our personal needs and desires and goddamn holidays. But the but the experience to our to our audience, I think it's important to be as consistent as we can. Yeah, and yeah, and also um, the platforms they rewarded. Google prefers websites that consistently put out new content, which I think is another reason why you need a blog. Because if you just have like your normal, I don't know, eight content pages, um, um, what is Google going to do, right? Um, if you put up something every week, or even if you put up something every single month only. After two or three years, that adds up to 36 pages additional that Google can find and um, use to direct people your way. Mm. So mm. Obviously, weekly is better, but seriously, not everybody is able to do it. Yeah, and yeah. maybe it's also about, um, maybe it's also about uh, leaning into your strengths. So, mm. a client of mine... Um, who's just about to start her own podcast because actually the written word isn't a strength for her. So, uh, but she loves great deep conversations. So, how can you use, like, for me, my podcast is housed on my website, it works as a blog. So, you know, you can still be looking for that functionality. But if you, some people are terrified of writing or just, you know, it's just not their, their, their area of strength. There are still other ways to, I, I like what you're saying, and for people who are listening thinking, but I can't write, I nearly failed English or whatever. <laughs> That's okay. Um, there are other ways to work yeah. around. No, when I, when I talk about a blog, I think it can definitely also be a podcast, but you need to embed it. So you need to create a blog yes. post. It needs to live yes. on your website yes. you have. And yes. the same for YouTube videos. Don't yes. just leave everything up on YouTube, but also embed, create a blog post where you embed that video, where you add a little bit of copy, just to give it some context. And that way you're, you're not, not only relying on an external platform that can shut you down, that can close down and it happens, right? Mm-hmm. So people lose access on Instagram all the time and YouTube too. Terrifying. So, Terrifying. Yeah. so if you only rely on that and think yeah, everything's going to be fine forever. 
it's just like um, not smart business practice, I think. I think that's a great tip. I think that I think that there'll be people listening who just go, oh, my God, I never thought of that. It's funny how we take things for granted that we just do and then realize, hang on, everybody needs to be doing this this way. Podcasters <laughs> too. I see so many podcasts and then they don't have it on yes. their website. They just use like the, the podcast page that comes from the podcast hosting service. And it's like, why? It's, it's, it's not complicated. Well, so- you know, at first I thought, well, I mean, I've been podcasting for so long now, but when I started talking to other podcasters and realizing that I was a hack and actually being okay with that, I, at first I thought, oh, I'm so unprofessional. I just put my podcast on my website. But I, I agree with you. I want my content on my website. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's like your little online hub home. It's like, you know, like your shop when you would have yeah. like a, sh- a store. Yeah. You want yeah. everything in there. Yes, exactly. I want you to all keep coming back because yeah. who knows, you might browse somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, actually, um, I did my first camper van trip in Australia. Really? Yes. I um, I did a visa run from Bali, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. and okay. so I rented a little super small. It was more like um, a car, <laughs> but, and then I drove from Melbourne to Sydney. Nice. Mm, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it depends on, yeah, there's some nice, I'm quite familiar with that drive. Well, yeah. With right, a little detour, the, great ocean road. So beautiful. Oh, nice. Well, that's not a, that's Other way, really the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just oh, felt a little good. bit rushed at the end. <laughs> I remember when I, when I still worked my corporate job and I was sucking my soul and I knew it, part of that job ca- it came with this huge big car, this big, I don't know what you call it. Um, we call it a ute. I think they call it a truck in America, like a utility. I don't know what they call it in the UK. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. You don't really but have trucks. <laughs> but it was like a, you know, a, a flat, you, you had a hard top. And so I could put my futon mattress in the back of it. And because this, I got this car as a part of my job, it came with free fuel, but I could only drive to New South Wales with the free fuel. So I would drive to Sydney from here it's like a 10-hour drive. I would drive to Sydney for the weekend, would sleep in the back of my car so that I could go to all of the famous yoga teachers who were visiting from around the world, <laughs> and then I would drive home on Sunday night yeah. and go to work on Monday as a bit of a F you to my boss. It was like, I'm going to use as much free petrol as I can. <laughs> so, I did that your road fun. trip yeah. for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You should actually, maybe for everybody who's listening, for anybody who is still in a soul-sucking corporate job or who has a leaving story, if you ever did something just to piss off your boss, DM us. I want to <laughs> hear those stories on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, there are so many yoga teachers as well who just do it like a side hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either they're dreaming about leaving a job all that was, oh, actually, I know a lot who are really happy is doing it as a side hustle because their yeah. husband is like the main money earner in mm-hmm. their partnership or they have kids yeah. as well as home, which I think yeah. is, you know, that makes you happy. That's totally fine. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but have you seen like um, with the pandemic, there was so much economic upheaval. Um, 
yoga teachers having to step up and realizing, okay, now maybe I have to treat this as a business more because I don't know, my husband lost their job or their income mm. or mm. which yeah, I think I can to... be necessary and also like really empowering that even if it's not like the situation you've chosen, maybe you know, it's like you know, now you have to step up and yes, great things yes. can happen. Yes, and, and I also wonder if um, I think maybe there's not for everybody, but in those situations, sometimes it's about, oh, God, I have to step up and I have to do this. But I suspect that for some people in that situation, there's also a little piece of they've always had the longing, but maybe there's too much self-doubt or maybe they've deprioritized their own desires. So now they have to step up, but they've kind of always secretly wanted to. So it's enabling in that way as well. But yeah, definitely yeah. people have, have I've I've seen people um need that who have needed to make their yoga business earn more for them because their circumstances have changed. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's possible. It's totally yes. possible. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it's so easy to I think just to wait for things from the outside to happen. I know mm -hmm. that from my own life experience mm -hmm. and I've seen friends doing that. So they're just waiting for their job to either fire them or <laughs> promote them mm -hmm. or things to change. And then, but they never, they're not ready to take action themselves. And I think that can be such a power shift when you really, yes. So when you decide, okay, I'm in control of my life and I'm in yes. control of my career and my business and yeah. I'm just going to do it. Yes, create your own certainty. Yes, I'm a huge fan of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's, that was an interesting thing through 2020 when people would say to me, oh, do, you know, are you still making money? Can you still keep afloat? And I thought, well, of course I can. Yes, I had to cancel that those three trips. Yes, I had to quickly find $20,000 to refund everybody who'd bought a retreat I couldn't deliver. Um, I had to do all of that. But I decided that I needed to come up with different ways to make the money. Like, I, I, that was a, I, I am a person who yeah. needs certainty to feel safe. So it's my job to create it for myself. So I didn't lose money because I decided I wasn't available to. There needed to be other ways to make it work. The working was non-negotiable. I was mm. prepared to be flexible on the how, but not the what. Yeah. So, but, but what, um, how does it feel like now when you said you're not working so much anymore? So that you really worked a lot when the pandemic hit. And hmm. so then you stepped down a little bit or what did you change? I think I was doing, I think when the pandemic first hit, I did a hell of a lot of extra free content. And I really, I mean, yes, there was a selfish motivation in there and that I needed to keep busy because I was a hot mess myself. You know, that my family all lives out of a range that I can visit them. Some other personal shit was going down. It was a tough time. So it had a selfish reason. But to be honest, I, I also just felt really called to be like, oh God, we need to lean in and get this figured out together. And I think it was March 2020 when I did that, like how to teach online free week of stuff to just, okay, everybody, let's make this happen. Um, and, and I did a few things like that. Um, and so really the, the pairing back was more about just sort of taking my foot off the gas with that much volume of, of free stuff, which was probably a relief to everybody who was sick of hearing from me, to be honest. Um, and, and, and I think, 
Um, and, you know, we were, I alluded to this a little before we started the recording that my business has changed over the past month or so because I, I don't want to say disheartened, but I just stuff that I have done for free willingly and now seeing people charge for it, like buy my how to teach online for $500. I just, uh, I don't know. It doesn't, it just doesn't feel great when, when some of this stuff is so easy to, it's not, there's not, it's not rocket science to teach people this stuff. So why not just help people out, you know, some of these things. So I think that was the biggest shift was just doing, just being more, doing less free content, but being more considered in what I was offering, narrowing what I was doing, but trying to do it, trying to do it better Mm. rather than going for hopefully a bit more quality than, than quantity. I hope. (laughs) Yeah. But you still focus on -on one-on-one coaching, right? Or where's like the focus in your business? Yeah. So I used to do all sorts of small um, training programs and I've just wrapped all of those up. I just sort of did a, like a, a clearance sale and all of those last month to, I really feel for me, I've been doing this, you know, for a good six, five or six years as my, my thing. Um, and, and part-time prior to that, it just felt to me like I, I really wanted to go deeper with my clients. So these days, I'm still doing my podcast, still doing, you know, bits here and there. Um, but my focus is much more on I have a mastermind and I have my one-to-one clients. And again, as we were chatting before we started the recording, it, I find, and I think you were sharing with me the same, that there's something so so rewarding about being with people over a bit more of a journey. It's like having a yoga student is it nice to have a room full of people? Yes. Is it great that you have people come and try yoga and maybe don't see them again? Okay, sure. But is it amazing to have a student for a year and watch them transform their practice and watch that look in their face when they've achieved something they thought was inconceivable only six months ago? That's that's the stuff that I find so professionally rewarding. And so, I'm sort of changing direction slightly so that I can continue to lean into sort of deeper relationships where I get to support people in a more substantial way. It's kind of, that's what's lighting me up at the moment. Yeah. And it's funny that um, exactly the same thing that I'm doing. I even closed on my free Facebook group. Did you? Yeah. I, I felt it just didn't feel aligned anymore. And even if I didn't do a lot of the work, like my assistant posted things there, it's still stealing energy. So powerful to share this stuff. For anybody who feels like they're spread too thin or they're doing all of the things because they're the things you should do. Oh, that's a, that's a, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, now I'm thinking, what else could I stop doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still, I, I'm still thinking about new courses that I want to create. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. my podcast editor is always mad at me when I'm making too much noise next to the microphone. <laughs> Um, um, but at the moment, I'm also kind of stopping myself from always starting the next thing. Interesting. Um, yeah. I really, um, you know, like 
sometimes we just need to focus and finish something. And I've done that in the past so much when like, like this launch didn't work as well as I was hoping for. I mean, they rarely do, right? I always have really high goals, (laughs) but, um, and then I, I don't step back and analyze and do another launch. And I'm like, okay, now I should do this thing. Mm. And um, I know that from my students as well. I always tell them now, you should find a niche and stick with it for at least 90 days, three months. It doesn't mean you have to do that for the next five years or something. We're all going to evolve. But um, I have like students who bought my course, how to create an online course. And then I have this idea. And then I check in with them four weeks later. Yeah, no, I'm now I'm doing this thing. And then (laughs) another month later, no, no, I thought I'm, should probably move in that direction. And now I'm still waiting to finish that training before I do that. Oh, and we yoga yes. teachers, we all, we always want to do another training <laughs> until we are ready. But there never comes a point until you're ready. You just have to address those mindset blocks of really putting yourself out there. And I've, I've been there. I know what yeah. it's like. And mm-hmm. yeah, so that's why I'm like right now, I'm okay. Now I'm just focusing on this one thing and everything else. I want to do like a systems course because I love to be organized and stuff. I want to do, Ooh. I want to do something about menopause or like a podcast. Um, I'm like, yeah, and then like, uh, maybe next, maybe next year or the year after. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think it's great when you are really, when it's exciting to do so many different things, but focus is really important too. And yeah, slowing down, I think that's like a trend maybe as well because of mm. the pandemic, maybe mm. that it forced mm. us to slow down. Mm. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I was seeing someone, uh, it's no it, people in my podcast already know this. I got dumped. It was an, it was outrageous. Mm. And the, that person's worst mistake, obviously, but it was really interesting to be in a relationship with someone who was so busy and it just made me go, wow, I hadn't realized how much work I've done in my life to create the scenario where I don't do busy. I just, mm don't. I don't glorify it. I don't seek it out. I want to model this for my clients that you can work this little air quotes and generate abundance. I just zero interest in the busy thing. It's, it's, I don't, I'm at a point where I just don't even get it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've been there too. I mean, I was working in advertising, which is this crazy, crazy. busy environment. Yeah. So I'm more mindful of how I structure my days, definitely. And then, yeah, getting a puppy definitely slows you down. <laughs> I'm lucky when I get in six hours of work a day. <laughs> because, can, can we yeah. talk? I know your listeners already know, but what sort of puppy do you have? Because I need to know this. Luna, come here. <laughs> She's a Parson Russell Terrier. Oh, and she's adorable. And there's like tons of pictures on there on my Instagram. No, she's okay. (laughs) I'll I'll probably look at dogs. She's earning her money supporting my marketing for definite. (laughs) She's like my little (laughs) sidekick. Yeah. Yeah, dog food is expensive. (laughs) She only gets the best, obviously. Um, So. (laughs) Oh, great. Um, yeah, so that's something to slow you. That's something you should do. Yeah, it's going to help you. 
getting well I have my fur husband and we do a lot of hikes that is definitely something that I have rediscovered she loves hiking hiking yeah she's like that's like her job is like I don't know (laughs) getting me up the mountain (laughs) I'm always I'm like when we were in Norway and we started hiking I was like I need a break I need a break and she's like "Eh, let's go on let's go on come on mama come on (laughs) all of the cat people are going to be tuning out right now sorry cat people <laughs> we're, we're having dog conversation we're doing that dog person thing where we <laughs> oh i'm following this one cat on instagram who's also always outdoor and she's going on trips and hiking and she's the most beautiful cat suki cat <laughs> that's someone who's not really into social media all that much you're following a cat on instagram i love it I love it. Come on, the cats own the internet. Everybody knows. (laughs) (laughs) I only follow dogs. I follow this pair of uh, dogs that live in my sister's neighborhood. And every time I go to visit her, now that I'm allowed to again, exciting, I'm always like, I always drive the back way to her house just in the random chance that those two dogs are out on the street and I could get like a dog autograph. It's ridiculous, but it's true. I do it. Okay. Oh my God. That was such a fun conversation. I think what everybody needed a little bit of lightness, um, especially here in Europe where winter is coming now. Coming. Um, for you, is summer is coming. Yeah. Um, so, where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah. Like, harass me on Instagram. I love getting DMs. I'm uh, Amy Yoga Biz Coach, is my Insta. There's links from there to other things. Uh, and my podcast is called Abundant Yoga Teachers if you want to. Check us out. Come hang I out. love that name, mm-hmm. by the way. I'm going to link to it in the show notes as well. You're a star. Thanks, lovely. Thanks, Amy. So nice to have you on the show again. Well, it's, it's lovely to be back. And uh, thanks for inspiring me about my hashtag van life, which I <laughs> intend to manifest. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blissful Biz Podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This would mean the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss a new episode. To learn more about how to work with me one-on-one, my courses and membership, or to get instant access to freebies, workshops, and more, go to susannoreicher.com right now. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. Hey there, interrupting for a short announcement. I'm hosting a virtual bootcamp to help you kickstart your online business from May 6th to May 10th, and I would love to see you there. It's the Make Your First or Next $5,000 online bootcamp, and you can save your spot for this free virtual event when you go to my website, susannereicher.com forward slash bootcamp. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E-R-I-E-K-E-R.com forward slash bootcamp. I'm going to go live every day from Monday to Friday with a live training on how to elevate your vision, choose your profitable niche, amplify your content, nail down your signature offer to make your first or next $5,000. I can't believe how freaking fun, valuable, and powerful this virtual event is going to be. You'll get five live stream trainings 
all of the recordings in case you can't make it live or need to leave early, access to my new community, the Midlife Biz Hive, including tons of additional trainings for you to dive in, the chance to ask any questions in our calls or in the community. It'll be amazing. This event is a real game changer, whether you're just starting out or you've been at it for a while, but feeling a bit stuck around the maybe $2,000 to $3,000 monthly mark. If you're eager for more and ready to figure out the online business puzzle, this is the perfect place to kickstart your journey to bigger and better results.